Throughout this series, we've been honoured to talk to guests who have been willing to share their privileged journey. We've had Alessa Rigal, a human rights expert who talked about human-to-human equity at work and through the supply chain. We talked with Nick James, founder of Expert Empires, about taking action to increase diversity in his organisation. We talked to Asif Sadiq, worldwide DEI leader for Warner Media, about what a truly inclusive culture looks like. And we talked to Shireen Qureshi, former senior marketing director at Barclays and founder of Sports Tech Global Conference and her experience of belonging at work. This has been an amazing series exploring equity, diversity, inclusion and belonging. In this episode, our last for the season, we come back to our research, The Privilege Conundrum, exploring how privilege plays an important part in our equity, diversity, inclusion and belonging experience at work, possibly the hidden menace. Roger Williams from Intelligent Thinking, who we talked to in Series 1, has been working with us on collecting and analysing our survey data, and he joins us to talk through some of the findings, and there is clearly a need to address privilege at work more openly and transparently through policies, systems and culture change. Welcome to the Privilege Eruption podcast, a podcast by Belonging Pioneers and Culture Lab Consultancy about the questions and ideas around the hidden barriers to achieving our DEI goals. This is where we erupt the constraining impact of privilege and explore new possibilities in the context of shared power and purpose. Welcome to the Privilege Eruption podcast with me, Ishreen Bradley, Chief Inspiration Officer at Belonging Pioneers. And me, Kami Nuttall, founder of Culture Lab Consultancy. Privilege is a conundrum that dilutes the culture of fairness at work. And as a leader, you recognize that your organization has more to do. You want to create success through connection and belonging, and you're unsure about how to make it happen. Now, the Privilege Eruption podcast is where you have the opportunity to evolve breakthrough thinking about the impact of power, privilege and purpose and how that shows up at work. And in these podcasts, you will gain the courage and confidence to realise a culture of inclusion for all. A significant proportion, 65% of respondents thought that privilege is used consciously or unconsciously to gain an advantage over others, Um, while only 9%, but a significant percentage, thought that the use of privilege was justified. Wow. Um, Do we know whether that justification is is stewardship or... Uh, no, that justification was was the was the um, the uh, um, I'm trying to find the right word. The justification of acting in a privileged way to to mm-hmm. exercise their control over another person. Um, the person added a comment saying, "It's about keeping natural order in things." Wow! Wow! So that that person gifted us with a with a nice piece of uh, insight. Thank you. Uh, uh, so there do, do, you, do you know that actually does, uh, Ishwin, I don't know how you feel about this, but do you know some of the work we've done, I do think there's about an average of 10% of the population in that in those organisations that there's resistance. Oh, okay. And I wonder whether this equate, there's a correlation here. I mean, we haven't done that, obviously, that analysis, but it does, it does it, it, instinctively, I feel like that's where I'm going, is that 
those who believe privilege is justified are part of that resistance group in an organization that want to achieve some sort of yeah, yeah they want to they want to preserve that, that, that hierarchy they want to yeah, preserve yeah. that uh, there's there's a kind of um what what I, I think there's a reason why something's called the 1922 committee because they want life to stay back as it was then kind of thing um the, the, I, I, let's not have a popular conservatives every, every <laughs> but it, it is a shower of um anyway the the the, the, that's not the point of this. The point of this is, I think, is from that I'm making. The point of this is that is that there are still people out there that believe privilege is an important mm-hmm. thing, and I, I think that the classic, the, the only way we can approach this is by surfacing mm-hmm. um, the subject and generating social heuristics, mm-hmm. the way in which we share ideas with each other and demonstrating those behaviours. Mm. What I'm wondering now, I'm kind of taking away from the workplace, but given that most organizations have been designed on a militaristic model anyway, yeah, yeah. come from there. It's kind of like a, a belief, I think, that you've got to maintain control, otherwise, you'll have anarchy. And that's, that's I, I wonder if that's some of what's behind this. And, and, you know, my mind went to Sri Lanka, obviously, right, because that's where I'm yeah. from. So there's people who've not seen what's been happening there. There was a corrupt government, a corrupt president. Um, and at some point, the, the people decided in a very peaceful way to protest and reclaim their democracy. And... Um, and now an, another president has taken over who's affiliated with the, the previous regime, and he's trying to enforce control with the army in order to prevent anarchy, in his words, but it's actually people just fighting for their rights. Yeah. And I'm wondering, you know, so that's a, a country model, but you can see that operating in an organizational context as well. I, I, I can. I can, and I, and I get what you mean. But I, but I think I mean th- I think things like that are just um, just there's no sense of order in anything like that. That sounds that sounds like a desperate situation. It is a des doesn't sound like it is a desperate situation. Yeah. And in a desperate situation, nobody does nobody seemingly seems to know how to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, so I'm not I'm not. Uh, but what I would say because the word that you mentioned that that did occur to me several times is how would this be perceived, for instance, in a military organization? Yeah. My, my view and from my conversations with people from the military is that the modern military is not like that anymore. Does It, it demands integrity to be used and that any, any exercise of kind of, I say this, you do it, yeah. comes, comes with acceptance and belief in that because that's, the, that's a way of ha- making something happen. But this, but the greatest advantage of the modern military is this thing like the after action review, mm-hmm. where people are encouraged to give feedback on that last order, even during the in, even during an active battle, in order to shape the actions that they're doing. So, so if somebody says, "Let's go here and go to the left and take out this ridge," somebody then says, "Well, that was a stupid idea." 
Uh, nobody worries about saying that. They just get it off their chest and then start to deal with the reality of what they're going to do next. Okay. So I, I think this, but there's the command and control structures, even they have to have respect for this aspect, the aspects of privilege and not allow privilege to be used as an excuse. Yeah. To drive someone. I, I think there's a case of case for thinking about what is an effective, what is effective, and when does it become ineffective? Yeah. So within the organisation, you know, the autocratic style of leadership has no yeah. place yeah. in large organisations. A lot of them want to go down the route of decentralising, empowering. Yeah. You hear a lot of these words, right? Yeah. Empowering, so decision making down the line, and 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 so on and so on. But privilege comes through in a way where who's making decisions and where does the power actually sit in those organizations? Yeah, exactly. But, but I, I, I try to apply this then to, to perhaps the most extreme example of where you might think privilege, uh, where, where you think being privilege conscious would, would upset or undermine the organization. And I couldn't think why there's any need, even even in a command and control environment like a military unit, there's still no place for privilege. There's still no it, it, privilege. Then still demotivates people and creates problems and creates issues and creates risks mm. of things happening. Yeah. Um, and therefore, and the, yeah, and the point is that in today's environment that dependency between privileged and less privileged isn't there to the same extent. So yeah. I think my, my correlation into organizations of the model I was just talking about in Sri Lanka is people are leaving organizations in their droves. Yeah. Recruitment and retention is just like the biggest issue I'm hearing our clients talk about at the moment. Right. That is the peaceful protest. It, it, it is. I mean, while while we're concentrating on strikes right now, mm. people's people's people ex when people feel put upon or privilege is exercised against them, they they then exercise their right to remove themselves from that situation. And I, in that statement alone, you hit the nail on the head of the damage that privilege can do to an organisation. And in a, in a couple of minutes, I'll I'll even give you the numbers that support that. Thank you. Um, we should be quiet and let Roger give the date. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. No, please. Let's keep the conversation going because these are boring numbers. But, it, <laughs> but the, the exact—it's the examples that bring these things to life. Um, so there's a broad perception of of privilege as being being very significant and alive and unwell today in so many organisations. Uh, then the experience of privilege. So what, when were people experiencing privilege? And 81% of respondents said they'd experienced some form of use of privilege at work. And the vast majority saying that privilege was exercised over them. But some also admitting to exercising privilege over others, which was, which was quite interesting. And over 50% of those people um, believe that they, they used privilege in the workplace the use of privilege in the workplace is fundamentally unconscious or unintentional. So this isn't something that people are going out purposefully to, to deploy against others. It's just happening unintentionally. Mm. Um, 
we know that unintentional action is probably also su supported by subconscious beliefs and behaviors and things that have happened to people throughout their lives and throughout. And this is what brings these things to the surface, that some form of trigger will bring up this thing. And then somebody says something, they didn't intend to say it, but they've said it because they've learned it somewhere else. Mm. So if you start to curate uh, and make uh, uh, privilege more conscious, first of all, consciousness will obliterate this subconscious use of privilege because you'll think before you speak and you'll understand bring understanding into the into the situation but you'll also reduce the numbers of events where other people observe it and then subconsciously absorb it into their behaviors mm. so yeah. this is how to create this is how to obliterate um uh, use of privilege um and then when people are having privileged exercised against them six the, this was a multiple choice answer. So some people were responding on, on numbers. 63% said feeling undervalued was one of the things. 58% said being demotivated was one of the things. 45% reported feeling excluded by someone else's use of privilege. These are like the pinnacle, these are like the pillars that hold up productivity. They are. So that, so. It has a productivity problem. Product. Mm. You know, we, 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 we've, got a, we've got a country with a productivity problem. We, we, have, we have lower productivity than so many other countries right now. And if this is shown to be a reason why productivity is going down, why wouldn't you address it? This is, is, a, is a, now, we're, we're, there's some even worse features. Um, because 66% of respondents mm. said it made them feel powerless, punished, or unsafe. Mm. How, how do you deal with that? What happens in that situation? This is, where, this is where the productivity doesn't go down. This is where people switch off. They don't go low in productivity. They become an antagonist within your organization. Mm. They leave, or you have to sack them, or they go on long-term sick. These, the, this is what this is a consequence. So there's some really dark consequences of the use of privilege. And, and while 50% said these incidents were rare, 5% said this happened reasonably often in the workplace. And even if it's rare, a story like this will run and run and have wider. Yeah. Well, I mean, culture is made up of stories, right, Roger? So. The and, stories and then, that run are the ones that count. So. And then before you know it, not only do you, does your organization know this, but your customers know it, the market mm. knows it, and yeah. your reputation is done swanny. Let's have a look at this. Any more questions on that? Because we'll, we'll go on to... I had a comment, actually, because it's not just that you come towards zero productivity. When you have that, you could actually swing into negative productivity. Mm. Yeah. And... That'll cancel out any good work that the organisations. It starts well. It it does. Yes, it does. It starts undermining the whole the whole productivity of the business. What would be the consequences of stimulating a privileged conscious culture? This is what would be the consequences of acting on privilege and making people more conscious of it, mm. and, and and give them the ability to work better with privilege on a daily basis. You know, taking away some of those unconscious lapses into use of privilege. 92% of respondents said having a privileged conscious culture would make them feel more safe and valid. And 
in the positive factors, over 80% agreed it would also attract, help to attract the right talent, increase staff engagement, productivity, and a greater contribution to society. These are, these are great factors. 40% of people said they thought it would improve brand reputation, the competitive competitivity uh, of a business to attract new customers, and obviously in the long-term prof profitability. Mm. Um, and then finally, 58% said they thought that the benefit of acting on privilege would far outweigh the cost. And this, this worried me a little bit, thinking, well, is this mainly for people as a cost? The remainder mostly said, you should just do it whether it costs more or not. It doesn't really matter. I don't even want to think about the cost. This yeah. is just not something we should have inside an organization. So that kind of helped me uh, to understand that there's, there's huge demand for dealing with this amongst people who are aware of the issues it generates. Yeah. And I think you just hit the nail on the head, Roger. I think one, it's about awareness and generating awareness that, you know, privilege is something we need to be talking about. And it's not something that's, that should remain hidden and, and we're silent about, but let's bring awareness to it at work. Let's talk about the impact it has at work. And let's talk about actually, you know, what would a, a stimulating privilege conscious package look like that actually contributes positively to our to our culture and the culture we want in our organization and you know that might that might mean let's look at you know what that means for our values for our decision making for our structures for our processes for our systems everything that drives the way we make you know decisions and and drives behaviors yeah. um and ultimately you know also what it means for being intentionally inclusive in our yes. organization uh, I, I, absolutely right. Absolutely right. And, and, and there, there are clear, there's clear value and benefit yeah. to be accrued by even the most privilege conscious type organizations mm. who, are, who believe that they don't have this issue or believe they aren't challenged by this. I, I think we may have mentioned these earlier, but you know, th those organizations that you would put on a pedestal for being great at you know, caring for their people, caring for the, their customers, the environment mm -hmm. they work in, all that, all of that stuff. Even they have risk that could be mitigated by um, acting in, in, in making a more privileged, conscious culture. Because through the, through the survey, we also identified that only 47% of respondent organizations, mm -hmm. that's not individuals, that's the organizations, have any form of policy we were very generous with this question we didn't say do you have a pro policy to deal with privilege do we have do you have like direct or indirect yeah. policies so you know something that might talk about caring for people and respecting people's differences and all that stuff only 47 percent of organizations have policies designed in any way to mitigate the impact of privilege. That's, that's probably quite a generous question because the reality is, is that when you start diving into, well, what policies are they and do they actually get implemented? You they're know? scratching the surface. Mm -hmm. They're scratching the surface, but they're not really they're not really addressing the the, the, the the elephant in the room, which is that is that without a conscious engagement, unconscious behavior is the thing that's going to cause you a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And if you are consciously engaged and believe in the use of privilege, then wow, look out. <laughs>
because you aren't going to be around very long. Yes, yes, uh, absolutely. Looking at then the final conclusions, um, so this is what I would call the principal conclusions to the to the survey. Um, and it's going to sound like I'm reading some of this out um, because I am in parts, but I also want to be sure that um, I, I'm, I'm representing the facts as, as accurately yeah. as possible. Um, not a long conclusion, but 94% of the respondents considered that the use of privilege, intentional or otherwise, mm -hmm. is a very real issue that causes problems in, a, in any organisation. Yeah. So it has the potential to cause a problem in any organisation. Those problems unaddressed will have a direct impact on productivity through a range of consequences. And um, what I mean by that is all of those factors of feeling undervalued, uh, mm -hmm. feeling punished, feeling uh, not not engaged with the organisation, uh, even even to things like you know fe feeling generally miffed at the way in which somebody has behaved or just the way in which people are behaving within the organization. These things can all silently and quietly, mm. in, all, in an almost undetectable way, undermine the productivity of an organization. And that's, that's a real concern. Few organizations have any practical policies in force to mitigate the impact of privilege. They have a lot that are indirect. There's a lot mm. of ideas. There's a lot of kind of general positive behaviors, but nothing that really helps to unco uncover and remove the threat um, of, 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 an, of a privilege eruption inside your organization, yeah. something, something like what happened in the government last year that, that, that came from nowhere and event, eventually brought them down. Yeah. Um, and if you have that privilege issue, you're fundamentally going to uh, create problems for the image and reputation of the organization, and you're certainly going to limit your ability to retain or attract the right people to the business. Absolutely. And this, this is a major, major problem for many organizations. Yeah, no, that's very true. And, you know, that is, it's, it's, it's amazing how, um, you know, what, what the responses we're getting to the survey really are highlighting and showing up what we think is the real problem here and the real challenge. And, and even for, you know, people who are listening to this, if, if there was one thing they could do when they go back into work, you know, Monday morning or, or whenever Friday or, you know, wherever they are in the week and they're listening to this episode and go in and actually reflect on, you know, a few, few really interesting questions. Who holds, who holds power in our organization and where does it sit, you know? And, and actually, who are the role models in our organization? What do we have any? Because if you look at the top and they're not actually living and breathing integrity and values and so on, then chances are privilege is going to be a problem in our organization. Uh, and I think I think that's 100% correct. But the, part of the challenge of getting people to, 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 to dwell on this and to think about it is the fact that it's a hidden problem. Mm. It has hidden consequences. Yeah. And that those consequences would be if they could be denied by anybody who had them let's so let's let's see the focus of media 
when a privilege eruption takes place. Without that focus on it by the media, that 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 privilege eruption could be covered up, yes. yeah, dug yes. over. Um, and and I'd, li I'd like to equate privilege to to something that people today wouldn't even think twice about putting in place. No one plans to allow privilege to damage a company, right? There's no kind of privilege kind of uh, revolutionaries going around trying to stir things up from a privileged perspective. Nobody's planning this to damage a country, just like an account company, just like an accidental data loss. Nobody plans an accidental data loss. There's, there's data theft. That's a whole different thing. But nobody plans an accidental data loss. However, companies take action to mitigate data loss through training and policies because data loss has damaged other companies in the past and they don't want to experience this. And therefore, data management, nobody would dream of not having a data management policy nowadays. Indeed. Nobody would dream of protecting data and defining and putting security around systems and information. Roger, data loss has a very real physical physical implication to it now, doesn't it? So if you if you've done some if your data for somehow has leaked or gone in the wrong place or or whatever's happened to it, you can actually be fined, and it's a significant amount. Exactly, and 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 in fact. Here's, here's an interesting question then. Is data loss only real when you get found out? Ah, good question. Good question. Data loss, data loss is invisible to so a lot of people. It's privilege. So what, what's, how does that so translate with privilege? Yeah, and there it is. And, and until it's called out, until it's pointed out, until it has Indeed. consequential outcomes, are you going to pay attention to it? Indeed. So, you know... I remember one. I did. I did a data a piece of data work for a very, very large UK organisation one time, and I said, you know, you really need to have a policy for protecting your data. This is back in the nineteen nineties, and the person said, how many organisations have been prosecuted for loss of data? And I said, not. I can't think of any. He said, well, until that happens, I'm not interested. Oh, my God. <laughs> Those are the attitudes we need to change. And so in the privileged context, we may well come up against people. Um, oh, we however, will. However, we will. Yes. However, you know, we have already got the, uh, the ultimate example of how privilege can pull down an organization. Indeed, we do. We, we've seen what it's done to the head of that organization. Mm. And we have still to find out what damage it's done to the whole of that organization and its future. Yes. So we, we'll see. And that's just, that's not alone. It's just a high profile one. It's easy for everyone to understand. Of course. We, we, we don't need to talk about others. So given the catastrophic impact that an unintentional use of privilege can have, 98% of respondents said that some form of curation or privilege consciousness would make them feel safe. Yes. Well, for me, I go, if that's true, and the data shows that it is, then I'd like to do something about that. Indeed. That's it's it. It's a business case. What, you, what more do you need? And 58% believe that acting on privilege would far outweigh the cost in general terms. That's not just like the catastrophic events of the UK government. This is just in general terms. Yeah, yeah. How there could be an uplift in productivity, for instance. So... The overall conclusion to this, to this study that we started some time ago 
is that your core hypothesis that uncurated use of privilege can result in damage to an organization, I think that hypothesis is proven. Mm. And that this damage can take many forms, including reputational loss, lowering productivity, inability to attract the right talent, loss of loss of customers. <laughs> is there anything else <laughs> that could be? Does it have to be more? <laughs> I, I can't think that th that these four factors are unimportant to organizations. Oh gosh, and yeah. we have cast iron proof that people's belief is that this is the result and consequence of, of privilege. It's this is a hidden problem now, but if we can surface this and get the right level of urgent attention, I think we could do a lot for many organizations in the UK today. I think you're on it. I think there's something in this, and I think it's worth the time and effort we're putting in to talk about privilege. I think it's, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of messages in here um, that, you know, I think our listeners would need to go back and listen to the entire episode over again just to make their notes about what's coming up. Um, but there is, there is a lot to take on and take in just to sort of reflect on, um, you know, and, and the survey is still open. So, you know, people can still contribute, can't they? So, you know, we they would love that. Position. We would love that. We, we've, we've, we've got enough data to see a pattern, but I would dearly, dearly love the statistics to go up in terms of responses. Absolutely. And to make sure that we've got a robust, fully, fully robust uh, pool of data. Um, and, and the other thing is, what now we have this this large what we would call a control sample we also have the ability then to look at individual organizations and to say well look let's test yourself against this control sample yeah see, how you're doing. see where 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 you stand within this it's not a competition no but, but you do get to understand then mm -hmm. that you may be a little bit more at risk than the normal Absolutely. or you may be a little bit less at risk than the normal, but both of you have a case for action because the one below can improve and the one above can lead. Yes. And that has benefits for everyone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Steward your privilege. Roger, you're on it. Thank you very much. Really enjoyed our conversation and uh, we'll wait to the next update. Thank you very much. Um, what a journey, been great. And I'm looking forward to the next stage. Thanks, Roger. Thank you, Karen. Remember to review and rate the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to your favourite podcasts. It makes a big difference. Also, send us your thoughts, your questions, your reflections. Reach out to our team using the link in the description. Tell us what you like, dislike, would like to see more of. And really, really important, the, the survey we talked about today, the research we've talked about, you can have your say and share your views on this topic. So, head over to our research survey site. The link is in the description. Do that after or now or whatever, whenever you've got time once you've listened to this episode and make sure you contribute to a shared knowledge base about the impact of privilege at work. And this is Cami Nuttall signing off series two um, and we will see you for series three. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you for joining us. 
Our intention is to bring you new insights about the impact of power, privilege and purpose at work for you and for your organization. You can check out our episode description for social media accounts and don't forget to send in your questions and you can send those to our email equitychampions at belongingpioneers.com. We look forward to sharing more about power, privilege and purpose at work with you on this podcast. Now, if you got value, please remember to share it with your networks. Please leave us a review. And as Cami said, please do remember to send us any questions that you'd like us to discuss on this podcast. And we'll see you next time. Next time. Bye.